Support for this podcast and the following message come from Allianz Travel Insurance. A travel delay can cost you more than just time. Learn why 70 million American travelers protect their trips with Allianz Travel Insurance. Get a quote at AllianzTravelInsurance.com. Welcome to The Limits. I'm Jay Williams. I'm feeling a lot like Drake this week. I'm in my bag of emotions, and I'm thinking about the word love. Not just romantic love or family love, but the ability to love yourself. The reality is, many people go through life having to hide who they really are in some of the most high-profile places in the world. I wanted to learn from some of my guests about how they overcame these times and embraced themselves unapologetically as they continue to evolve in the public eye. One of those guests is Colton Underwood. He played in the NFL before playing the lead in The Bachelor. During those times, he had to hide his sexuality in the hyper-masculine locker rooms of the NFL. Here's what he had to say about it. The locker room, in my eyes, was one of the most homophobic and homoerotic places that I've ever been. And it was so confusing when I was closeted because at certain points, people can be making jokes about, you know, somebody's naked appearance and like be leaning into it and having fun and making it like loose and gay. And then all of a sudden, if you take it one step too far, you look a little too long. It's, it turns into, you know, being called the F word and it escalates really quickly. But Colton, he's finally free in a relationship with a man. And now they're thinking about kids. How amazing is that? I asked him about how with their kids, They're going to navigate questions about race and sexuality. My wife is Lebanese and Italian. Uh, I am African-American and British. And it's funny, when we were talking about having kids, uh, I started automatically thinking about, you know, my kids are probably going to be on the lighter side. And how am I going to have conversations with them about race, right? My daughter, Amelia, is three and a half turning four, and... I watch her now when she engages. She's like, well, daddy, I look more like mommy than I look like you. But her skin complexion is uh, a, ta- no, a little bit lighter than mine. But, you know, if somebody were to see her walking down the street, they would say she's black. Right. But she doesn't understand race or. And for me, I only talk right now about the human race. We are all people. We all bleed blood. But I'm curious, have you started to even think about how you will have conversations with your kids about what you've been through? Or about, yes, this is, we, you have two daddies or, you know, or will you even put a label on that? Have you even begun that process? Yeah. And I mean, I think it, it's come up recently just because of the bill that was just passed in Florida and paying attention to it. And look, I, my problem, my family has no problem with me saying like, I'm from a conservative family, right? I'm from a Republican family. And hmm. um, I think educating and, and, and having these conversations with them about what is wrong with the Florida bill specifically is, you know, the language in there doesn't allow for teachers or kids to express and talk about having two dads or two moms. And I think that's problematic in itself, too, if we want to continue to be diverse and continue to have make these kids feel safe, to not be able to talk about your two dads, I couldn't imagine what that like what repercussions that could have on kids and progressing and and also signaling to other kids that that's not okay. Um, So yes, we've had that conversation and, um, you know, we're hyphenating our last name and we're going to be having, 
that conversation with our kids early on. And I think like that's, it's important that they're proud. It's important that they don't feel shame in that. And it's important that they know, um, you know, and they feel safe to ask us questions whenever they feel like they're mature enough or they need answers to things. You know what they should feel like? They should feel incredibly lucky to have two parents. You know how many people I know that come from single parent homes? Like it, it and these are the kind of things that just, it, it loses it makes me lose my mind because I'm like, I have so many friends that came from single parenting homes where their mom or their dad were out there trying to do it by themselves. And to have one parent that cares about you is hard enough, but to have two, regardless of sexuality, regardless of religion, like that's, that's extremely lucky. Why can't we just look at it so simplistically? I don't understand. You know, I never, that was like, after I came out, I remember my first like true thought after coming out was like, why are people so mad at love? You know, like all I've wanted my entire life was to be able to like have an emotional connection and love a man. And I, yes. I was never able to, to feel safe to love another man. And, and like, when you truly break it down to that is like, do I, I'm not hurting anybody. If in fact, I'm doing the opposite, I'm loving on somebody, I'm giving somebody else, my love and my heart. It just happens to be the same sex. So why, why is that a problem? And I, I just remember that was sort of my first main thought after coming out of like really trying to figure that out. And I still I still don't really have the answer, but I just know that like I'm good and in love with a man now. Well, I'm incredibly happy for you. And, you know, you used the word, the operative word, healthy relationship. Um, those are pretty challenging and difficult to come by. So I'm glad that you have found one that you get a chance to be your best self and vice versa. So I love to ask people this question as we close. It's about their cheat codes, their secrets, secrets for success. So I'm curious for you, Colton, as someone who has learned to show up as your true authentic self, what's your cheat code for being true to you? Recently, my newest cheat code that I've been using is being a little more self-forgiving. I've, I'm my own worst critic. I'm my own worst enemy at times. And I'm the hardest on myself. And I think realizing that every day I'm not going to be a rock star every day. I'm not going to be an icon every day. I'm not going to be the it guy. Like, and I have to be okay with that and be okay with falling short some days. I don't want to have that. And it's not my expectation, but I have better understanding that I'm going to have off days and I'm going to feel sad some days. And I want to work through that with myself and be slower and more patient. I think that is developing, helping me develop a healthier relationship with myself and setting myself up for actual success. I'd like to give a big thank you to Colton Underwood and his team for making this interview go down. It was purposeful and it was meaningful. After the break, my homegirl Nisi Nash tells us all about her process of self-discovery. This is The Limits from NPR. Stay with us. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast, with Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. 
You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then, just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Humans are kind of overrated. Over on Shortwave, a science podcast, we're only kind of kidding. We're bringing you the wondrous world of animal science to your daily life. From queer animal love stories to songbird memories, we're showing you how critter knowledge informs human science. Listen now to Shortwave, a podcast from NPR. I will never forget my conversation with Nisi Nash. She told me about her drive to make it to the top of Hollywood, even when the industry treats black actors as second class. I would cry all the way from the hood to Hollywood. Get there, wipe my face, put it back together, and walk in there with my head up and my shoulders back. Because what you not going to do is step on this dream. She also told me about her marriage to Jessica Betts and what it's like to fall in love with a woman for the first time later in life. Through all of it, Nisi has had her faith to help ground her. And she has some words for people who think that her sexuality and her faith are incompatible. I know that your faith is core to who you are. What would you say, Nisi, to someone who is struggling to reconcile their religious beliefs with their sexual identity? I would say um, to that person, you know, we were only created for one thing. Now, we got to do. I am a radio host. I am a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a mother. I'm a scientist. That's what we do. But at the core, our who, we were created to love one another. And I would say, let that lead. Because you cannot say God is perfect, the most high is perfect, and created you imperfect. And I feel like I would also say where you lay your head is the least of these. Because here's what happens in our humanity. In our humanity, we want to quantify sin. We want to put it in a pecking order. We want to say, you know what I mean? If you lie, that's okay. If you cheat, if you steal, but if you kill or if you do this or if you do that or if you lay your head with this person or that person, well, that just knocks it off, you know, the wheels right off of everything. And I just, I just personally don't see life that way. I think that who I am as a person is more important to the most high than where I lay my head. I just feel like it's so minuscule. And I feel like the reason why it's heightened by humanity is because you have more people than not who are afraid to live their truth. The focus on what you do in life cannot be that thin. Mm. That you lead with where you lay your head. That's ridiculous. That's incredible. And that's so powerful. You know, we uh, typically at the end of these things, Nisi, we do like a cheat code to different things that people have to go through in life. And one of the things I know that you've dealt with is just pressure in general, whether that be for a role, 
whether that be in relationships. What is Nisi's cheat code on pressure? How do you handle pressure? First of all, and then you're going to ask me this question, but first of all, I pull up and I push through and I never look like what I'm going through. Mm. That's first. I pull up, I push through, and I never look like what I'm going through. Never. Like that. Never. Never. Because there is something about that visual of myself that helps me move forward. You know what I mean? When I look like a sad sack and sit on the side of the road with a with a paper cup in my hand, you know what I mean? I feel it just doubles down on how I feel. But if I pull up and I push through and I don't look like what I'm going through, I feel like we can make it. The other thing that I do is that I eat the elephant one bite at a time. I cannot do it all. And sometimes I have to back up and say, what can I do in this moment to move forward? And baby steps in the right direction is still progress. And then I rely on my village. And I know how to pick up the phone and say, I need help with this, or I'm struggling with that, or I'll go in there to my better half and put my head on the lap and say, I, I don't know. You know, and, you know, that's how I, that's how I do it. That's a powerful way to do it, Nisi. Well, because pressure also makes a diamond. So you got to remember that. So that when the next person comes along, and says that they're experiencing something that you've experienced, you can lean in and say, I know, I've been there, but God, dot, dot, dot. I'd like to give a big thank you to Nisi Nash and Colton Underwood for coming on my show and having the courage to display their vulnerability. It's inspiring to see them understand love on their own terms with the public scrutiny that's on them all the time. We're back next week with another episode of The Limits. As always, remember, stay positive and let's keep it moving. The Limits is produced by Devin Schwartz, Mano Sundaresan, Max Friedman, and Lena Sunskeri. Video production by Kaz Fantoni, Langston Sessoms, Christina Shaman, Iman Young, and Nick Michael. Our executive producers are Karen Kenny, Marilyn Williams, and Yolanda Sangueni. Our senior VP of programming and audience development is Anya Grumman. Music by Ramteen Arablui. Special thanks to Christina Hardy, Rudy Correa, and Charlotte Riggi. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor Lisa in collaboration with West Elm. Discover the new natural hybrid mattress, expertly crafted from natural latex and certified safe foams designed with your health and the planet in mind. Visit leesa.com to learn more. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. On NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL. Because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.